What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Switchbacks and Sweat Stains. I am your co-host, Charlie Haney. Thanks for joining us for uh, another episode, episode five. Um, this week, we cover a topic that's uh, appropriate or ironic or both because it's about balancing life with training and other responsibilities. Uh, it's ironic because we've had this uh, interview portion recorded recorded for a few weeks now and uh, due to traveling, racing and my stress levels from applying to jobs, um, the intro and outro portion uh, did not get recorded in time to meet our release schedule of every other Sunday. So this is going to come out on Tuesday the 21st. Uh, it's appropriate for, for those same reasons and the fact that we just spent two to three weeks uh, traveling slowly from Chattanooga to uh, Lake Tahoe or Truckee where we um, and a bunch of chat rabbit runners participated in the Broken Arrow Sky Race series. So uh, quickly going to go into an old segment called Who Done It, where we cover chat rabbit runners race accomplishments. Um, we'll start with Katie Kuttner or Katie Vertical K as we're going to call her going forward maybe. Um Absolutely crushed the vertical kilometer race on Friday. Sarah Warner uh, participated and won uh, the Iron Face Challenge, the inaugural uh, Iron Face Challenge uh, event on Friday, which is absolutely incredible. Um, our other co-host, Leah Mulligan, uh, friend of the pod, Will Sickenberger, uh, Sammy Stocklosa, Wes Watkins and Will's friends Andy and Adrian absolutely rocked the 52k on Saturday and then Michael Bassuni and myself threw down and closed out the weekend at the 26k on Sunday so outside of the 11k we had everything covered and uh yeah all that to say we've been we've been busy uh which is awesome but uh, this is a fun discussion where we honestly work through our thoughts and questions out loud, which I think gives a raw look at what may go through everyone's minds when trying to navigate life, work, relationship, and training for races of, of any size, which is definitely uh, going through Lee and I's minds uh, as we pursue this sport as one of our top priorities. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode, and I'll see you on the other side with the outro. I know we have to be there relatively soon. Uh, and I think I still have to go home and oh, no. uh, get beer because other Leah's going to be there. Are uh, y'all doing the beer exchange thing? Yeah, we're going to do that beer exchange. My body is not ready for that, but I said I would. So this well, won't take very long. Prepared. We are mentally and emotionally prepared for this podcast episode, I think. That is up for debate. Physically, definitely not. Can I mean, we, we couldn't really be in a more relaxed position. We are both essentially laying down on a couch to record this episode, so it does kind of make sense that uh, we may not bring the highest of energy, but we're going to bring the highest of... Quality? Yep. I think so. I hope so. Three, two, one. Oh, that was just the intro. I was just... I was bringing us in at that point. Oh, perfect. Go. We've been, we've been rolling. Uh, that's exciting for me. Um, we are all on the same page for yet another episode. 
of a Saturday afternoon podcast. On Monday afternoon. Yes. Uh, Memorial Day. Uh, cheers to that. Cheers to a day off work for me, I guess. And I'm on summer vacation, so. Yep. I'm on permanent work break. Must be nice. Um, yeah. So that actually is a really good segue into our topic of conversation that we're going to go on today, which is like, uh, what do we want to call it? Work-life balance or run-life balance? That's kind of how it feels at times. Is How to function and be a runner. How to, yeah. How to not good at that. How to run and be a, a living member of society outside of that. Sounds about right. Um, I guess we've, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. It's been a while since we've recorded an episode because I think we've planned to record about 10 times in the past two weeks and just things keep happening. Yeah, it's uh, one thing. Uh, my laptop, I think, is officially uh, dead, so that... I was stressed out a minute ago. It was, I was just a little toasty I, to the touch. I just wanted to record this episode. We've been working pretty hard at getting this like episode ready, so... Um, Couldn't well, tell by listening to it, but... No, that's just low energy. I, we had... I should be high energy. I didn't run. Didn't... You didn't run, but you volunteered. Like a, that's social interaction. Spoke uh, to humans. So, that's that's still pretty time consuming. So, um, yeah, we're recording this hours after an eight k and one mile uh, race, the Chattanooga Chase. Shouts out to uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Ellen Outlaw, mm-hmm. for putting on an amazing race per usual. Yeah, every, everybody at Fast Break did such an awesome job. Um, Running in, putting on the whole thing. Yeah, it was it was great. Had a, had a lot of fun. My first road race, according to some people. His beer t-shirt disagrees, but... I've run a beer 5K multiple times, and I feel like that counts as a road race. We were really discussing if any results counted if they didn't show up on Ultra Sign Up, but we'll let you have it today. Hmm. Thank you. I, I feel like I, I needed that for some reason. I'm super worn down, beaten down. I ran the one mile in a foot costume, of all things. And there's just so many painful foot puns. I know. That weren't necessary. Yeah, check out my Strava. Um, you'll see. It's titled One Mile in a Foot Costume. And the puns he towed are, the line. It's great. Puns are pretty good. Um, well, to kick things off... Um, with this, you know, interview topic. Um, you are coming off of, like we mentioned, your end of the school year. So life actually kind of, kind of slows down for you. Although we are, you are hours away from leaving for Colorado. But um, I guess we can start back. Let's just go all the way back to the beginning. Welcome to the podcast. Mm, We'll intro it. I'll do a a separate little little intro thing. Spiel thing, Majigger. Yeah. It's easier just to jump into the uh, interview or whatever things anyways. Want to talk about the peas or are we skipping right to? Um, Oh, you're right. Uh, We can go ahead and jump to that. Our our round of the week. Leah, would you like to 
indulge the listener. I'll go for it. So we got a lot of practice this weekend on this specific route. We actually did five repeats of Masterpiece on Saturday. But we've spent a lot of time since Canyons discussing that there's not that many routes around this area that can embody the same amount of vert that we got during Canyons. And one of the main routes we have here actually in town is a Master P. You get about 1,200 to 500 feet of gain, depending on which watch brand that you use. And Charlie is bored over here falling asleep. Um, I'm just listening. You start at Reflection Riding Nature Center in a parking lot that connects directly to a trail called Kitty Trail. And it immediately starts going up. So you have the option to do a little warm-up around the Nature Center, or you can just start going straight up for about a mile until you hit Guild Trail. And from there, you connect to Upper Gum, which goes all the way up to Bluff Trail, which is almost on the top of Lookout Mountain. Then you turn left from there and go up a set of some lovely steps all the way up to Sunset Rock. You can see a whole vista of reflection riding down below you. You can even see the ponds and some trails down there. And to get the full Master P experience, you go up one more small flight of steps from there to the parking lot that has a beautiful sign that says, if you park there after hours, you get booted. And it's kind of become one of our taglines is to get booted. You got to go up there. You leap up. You whack the sign. Then you get to sprint back down the same direction to get back to the parking lot. And it's a party. It is a party. It's a pee party. Um, a master Which pee be party. Pity or pain. Pathetic. Power. Penultimate. Yeah, fourth one was the penultimate. Third for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Persevere, maybe. Yeah. So it, it is a, I think one of the better routes to just like you said get get that vert that. Uh, although it may not cover like the same amount of distance like we did at at canyons, it still provides a a nice challenge. It is technical uh, in in spots and pretty steep in spots. I think the steepest grade is is somewhere around the fifteen percent twelve percent range, which for around here is is pretty impressive. So um, it's going up is my favorite route. Uh, Going down is a. I'm getting my favorite. Getting better at it. Hey, uh, you just need a little prodding, saying you got to run that slow to work, and just got to bomb downhill. Then we had a fun little not race, but speed fest going down on the fourth one. It was super nice. Uh, yeah, and then I stood around in the parking lot for a few minutes. I didn't really have to get to. I had a beer festival right after that, so ran. Uh, four up and down masterpiece and drove home, ate a pack of crackers and then served and drank beer for three hours. And yeah. Which I have so many questions of how you survived and didn't keel over mid beer festival. Will and I went out to brunch after and we both got full entrees shoved in our faces and then highly contemplated just getting a full other meal because we were so starving. So I don't know how I managed it either. Um, yeah, uh, Will, as in Will Sickenberger, a previous guest on the podcast. He also likes to keel off of mountains with us. It's a mm-hmm. great time. He is part of the, uh, giggle gang? the giggle gang. 
Yeah, Charlie's coach has nicknamed us the Giggle Gang, which... Is spot on. Yeah. I don't know. She sensed it somehow, because that's pretty much how we spend 75% of our time outside of running. Uh, We laughed a pretty good bit during a lot of those masterpieces, so... Yeah, you were even saying it was one of your favorite runs we've done of the year, just because everyone came out. The whole Jetrabbit crew and friends materialized, and we kind of had all of us spread out throughout the masterpiece where we could wave and joke or cry together. It was great. Yeah, if I, if I wasn't on a schedule and if it wasn't getting pretty warm, I mean, it was humid, pretty usual, but... Um, we truly embodied switchbacks and sweat stains. We are finally in that stage. I know the last episode that came out was one we recorded back in March where we talked about running in the snow, which is not very switchbacks and sweat stains. But, um, yeah, for the past few weeks, it has definitely been uh, sweat stains, maybe hit or miss on the switchbacks, depending on what we're training for. But Will got to whip off his shirt at the end and squeeze it out in the parking lot, though. That was what it really hit home, that summer has arrived in Chattanooga. That's gross. Just a little. Just a little. Um, I really don't have a good segue. We'll link that route in the show notes. And, um, yeah, currently the men's crown for going up is, I think, 1932 by Nathan Holland. Um, do you own the up? I do indeed. Do you remember your time? Ooh, I'm not sure. It was, mm, it's going to bug me now. No idea. I think it was 36 total, maybe, for up and down. But Which is pretty impressive. My up is not. The most impressive compared to full-time. My downs are much nicer. So uh, that is the route of the week. It is a Master P, which technically is just up. Then there's the up and down Master P, which is a different segment. But it's literally just coming right back down the same way that you went up. So, uh, yeah, check that out. And uh, it's uh, it's a fun one. Uh, The whole Master P downhill segment, too which Leah probably owns the crown for that. Got 23 up. Which is really impressive. It just gets, it gets harder. Like Kitty Trail kind of kicks you in the, in the face because it's just immediately bad. Straight up early. Then you get some switchbacks. Then it's flat for a quick minute. And then you're climbing up lower gum to guild. Lower gum. There we go. I was trying to think of the name earlier. I think it's called Lower Gum. Anyways, we're we're getting off topic. We need to we need to roll. Um, we need to balance out this balance out this um, podcast with banter and content, much like we have to balance running and the rest of the responsibilities of being an adult. It's one of the better segues that's happened in a while. I'm working on it, I'm trying to make this a slightly professional podcast. I don't know. Hit or miss. Um, as we were saying before we, uh, switched back to, uh, route of the week. Yeah. I am. I think my body's just going to (laughs) continue to sweat today. We are in air conditioning. So yeah, we are inside, not at a brewery today, but it's a little disappointing. We'll be drinking drinking water, which is, I need to. Yeah. Hydration guys. It's key. have to, I got to stretch as well. Anyways, we're getting off topic again. Um, let's start with you because you've got, um, a lot happening. You have a lot happening currently. 
you've had a lot going on and an interesting kind of like you are a teacher, but you teach at an outdoor program. So you're on your feet all day and without me just going on a, a rant about um, or rambling off all that you do. Um, yeah, how mm, a, a good place to start. I guess a good place to start is just describe your job and, and how that kind of impacts your your training. It's kind of a weird balance. This year was my first year teaching. I worked at Wahatchee School here in Chattanooga, which is a forest school, which means that it's entirely based outside. I had a class of 13 second and third graders that spent every single day outside, whether it was raining, whether it was sunny and 100 degrees, or if it was sleeting and 30 degrees. So those kids and I got a lot of lessons in how to dress for outdoor weather, how to be absolutely wiped out outside, and how to be super adaptable. There are a lot of studies. um, I did a senior thesis in college about the benefits of outdoor education for kids. So I was super happy to find this job and to really get to experience that and really got to see the kids' joy for being outside and develop relationships with them. But it truly, I think, ended up negatively impacting my running in some ways. You think about teaching as a whole as a tiring activity, but you throw in being outside in the elements all day, and it's just utterly exhausting. Where I would get off work a lot of days, and there was the option to go run, but I really wanted to go sit on the couch more. And it, to some degree, took away from running because I just wasn't as excited to do it as I used to be. It was my huge psyched thing was to go outside after a day sitting inside. And after I'd been outside all day, it kind of sounded disgusting to spend another hour plodding along in the sunshine or the rain. So that was definitely an adapting thing for me. I'm probably going back next year and... I think I'll definitely have learned how to deal with it better, but I don't think there's any escaping how exhausting that is as a whole. And I guess y'all start, do y'all start in August or September? August. So it's it's pretty much as balmy as it could possibly be. That is pretty, uh, pretty toasty. So you've kind of, in a sense, gone through like two training cycles, like wrapped up one, at the beginning of last year with getting ready for Penhody. Well, it was interesting. I think this job itself benefits long stuff better, mm. where there's definitely that concept of time on feet, where I kind of adjusted my mileage training for Penhody 100 based on how much I was moving at work, where if I wear a watch and look at it at the end of the day, I walk 6 to 10 miles pretty much every single day at work, and it's outside in the heat and that contributes a lot, I think, to an 100 as opposed to a 5K where it doesn't matter that I was on my feet all day. So I think really that training block was perfect where I could do a 50-mile week of running with a long weekend run and then have added in 30 miles of walking and just existing during the week at work. Yeah, and then uh, post-Ben Hody, you're running into like the end of... Uh uh, semester, so to speak. So, um, the coming back from a hundred and spending that time 
on feet again, but then kind of wrapping up that half of the school year, did you really have kind of a, you had a pretty like extended quote unquote off season or did you kind of just, how long did you take in between your hundred and like getting back into it? I think I just took two or three weeks off before trying to run a little bit again. Um, it definitely, I've heard it said that if you split the distance you did in half, that should be the number of days before you totally feel normal again. And I think that rang pretty true for me where getting up to go to work, not even my body hurting. I was just fatigued for a really long time where I think people underestimate or don't talk about how tired you remain after an a hundred miler where you're just sleepy and you need to catch up on just eating and drinking and sleeping and being a functional person. And that takes a while. So that, next little bit of school was pretty rough where I was not on the same energy level as the kids. And I definitely joked with them several times that they should just carry me from place to place and a whole team of eight year olds that could have been helpful. But I think, did I do look at 18 this year? I think I rolled over and did an 18 mile in December. Maybe I can't remember. I've done it three or four times, but did you run it? Who out there? No, I didn't run it. Okay. Uh, no, 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 because we did... Um, what did we race since then? We did like an adventure run instead of Lookout because oh, yeah. our friend... Because it was hot. Yeah. Future, it was two years ago. Dang. Future host uh, or future guest uh, Martha Klimmer um, was going to run it. Decided not to... You know what? I know we ran from... <laughs> Um, the Nickajack parking lot up there on lookout and ran to High Point that day. Okay. Uh, I think that was just you, me, and Joey, there we go. There actually. Oh, was that main times 24 when I just died? Was that that same weekend? Maybe. No, th- that okay, that's the day Joey. we did that. Yeah. I don't know what All we right. did. Apparently, we can't balance a timeline because we don't know what year or reality we're in, but... So, yeah... At the end of the day, you had had some downtime. You had the end of the semester. You had your Christmas break. That was greatly needed. Soaked in some relaxing there, and I think was pretty much cracking training again. I did sign up for Rabbit Raccoon 25K, which is in January, and is an awesome Bad Beard Events race to kick off the year. So that was kind of focusing on getting a little bit of speed back and trying to just enjoy some holiday runs. We've got such a good crew that that's kind of my celebration over the holidays is picking some adventures to go on. And man, we kicked off the year strong. We went on several snowy adventures. We went out to Big Frog and did some snowy miles and went out to Savage Gulf before that race and kind of just did some adventures in general for two months. I know what we did. What did we do? Um. Oh, it was the, was that the same day. I'm almost positive <laughs> it was the same day we did a group, like essentially, pub run. Um, which Will's giving us the thumbs up from the kitchen. As he grabs a beer. No, Ooh. I'm not ready. I'm not emotionally prepared for an IPA yet. Understandable. <laughs> He's also baking some bread, so we got the carbs going strong in the kitchen. Yeah, bread's, uh, bread's ready whenever. 
Oh my gosh. Ooh, Brett is ready. Brett is ready. That is probably the most exciting thing that will be said on the this rest of this episode. <laughs> uh, but going going forward from Well, Brudolf is really monumentous actually to discuss because that's when everyone signed up for Broken Arrow that we're doing in three weeks out in Tahoe again, where we all, I don't know, we went to like eight breweries, I think. And one of our last ones, we stopped at base camp on North shore side of Chattanooga to get burgers and drinks for dinner. And everyone's a little buzzed at that point. And we throw out again that we've signed up for broken arrow. And then somehow it went around the entire table where, each and every person was like, well, I guess I'll sign up too. Well, I guess I'm doing it. And now we have an Airbnb in Tahoe that holds 10 people, and I think we're smushing 13 people into it. So it's going to be a blast. I'm very excited about it. Um, that's why we're recording this podcast when we are. We're trying to hopefully start recording a bunch this will come out as soon as i can get it edited and out into the world and then we will record again as soon as i join up with um leah and michael uh how do you say his last name basuini basuini okay i I just want to make sure i'm saying it right i've got 18 hours in the car with him i'll figure it out and uh martha Klimmer. we're all convening in denver on the 6th uh so a week which is just insane. Talk about balance. I have no idea how we even got to. It was like panic packing last night where I just finished up school, was trying to finish that, deal with parent conferences, and a bunch of other stuff going on along with training and having a 55-mile week for the first time since Canyons. Rolling over to this weekend, we had a lot going on. And then last night, I was like, oh, I leave in about 48 hours. We got to figure this out. So... We're rolling out real quick since school ended, and we're going to be there trying to get some altitude training from us East Coasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to, I guess, tie in the rest of uh, the rest of your year, like second semester, as you get training for all these, I guess, essentially these two big races, uh, Black can or not Black Canyon Canyon's hundred K and um and Broken Arrow. What has been the uh, greatest struggle and like the mm, the thing you've taken away from trying to balance training with trying to be a human and member of society? I think motivation has been the hardest thing for me since Canyons. I feel like I poured everything into that race where we talked about in the other podcast that 50k onward I was done and really I've just had the mindset since then of not wanting to hurt a bunch and have just been absolutely exhausted where I had some catch-up to play with work after the race and some other life stuff going on trying to finish up the year I mean the end of school saying goodbye to kids is super emotional. Like I got really attached to all of my children and saying goodbye to them and trying to find what I'm doing next and just plan for this trip in the midst of recovering for canyons and life in general is just exhausting. So 
I'm trying now, especially with this trip coming up, to tap back into being really excited about running, which I think this past weekend helped really do it for us of getting the whole crew together and channeling some of that psych. But, man, Will's making all the clanging noises in the kitchen. <laughs> um, <laughs> if y'all heard that, sorry or not. But, what? And you got to uh, balance noise of people, apparently. Um, did the motivation level of training for canyons like positively impact like you being able to like I'm trying to trying honestly on the fly trying to think what what we should try and get at in this episode of um No, to me it's just trying to piece together valuing running as a huge passion for both of us, but then also trying to figure out how to pour into relationships and friendships and how to function in jobs and figure out what we want to do. And I think prioritize is a huge one of trying to figure out how to put enough into everything and to not just burn out on every piece of life where I definitely had a few days where I was tired of work. I was tired of dealing with relationship dynamics. I was tired of dealing with running. I just wanted to sit on my couch and not think about anything. And I think it's really hard to drag yourself up and to keep training consistently when you've got a lot of other stuff going on. I don't know if there's some hidden meaning behind that, but it's definitely a tricky, a tricky thing about this sport. If it's a huge love and passion of yours is figuring out what to give to it and what to give to other pieces of life. Yeah, because, I mean, we have to do, uh, we have to work jobs and being able to, I don't know, balance like that and just being able to function outside of that. Like, I, for, I guess, for us, it's kind of kind of easy in terms of, like, the managing friendships and those relationships because the majority of our friends also do this crazy stuff. So it's like, Oh, uh, I know I can, I can see people on Wednesdays at the, uh, odd story brewery run, or we're going to link up on, on Saturday or Sunday and, and grab miles. Um, but all the other things outside of the two, like main time consuming things of work and running like works, 40-ish hours a week paired with 10 to 15 hours of training. There's just a a whole six to eight hours of sleep every night. It's a hopeful eight. Yeah, hopeful eight. But there's just not a whole lot of time outside of that. And, um, And it's hard. My family laughs at me at this point of just the statement of saying I'm tired. I think I say about 20 times a day. It's just other people that don't do this, don't get as much the sheer exhaustion that comes from putting in high mileage blocks of training. And it leaches into other things where at an evening at Odd Story, where it's the day you'd done Savage Gulf Marathon and you were kaput. You didn't even come back out into the world, but I made the mistake of going to drink a beer with folks And I was so grumpy and so ready to leave and hadn't driven myself and was just like falling asleep on the table. 
while everyone else was wanting to go do karaoke. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is a good example of just not being on the same wavelength as anyone else because of running. Yeah, and it, I mean, I, I can relate back to my, my Birmingham days where none of my friend group ran, so I would have to get up super early on a Saturday to get my long run in to be able to get home, shower, and be ready to meet folks at a brewery or make it to a, um, like a grill out or something like that. And it kind of has that feel today. Like we, we ran or volunteered. We're going to squeeze this podcast episode in and then go do a, a hangout. All of them are also runners and all of, almost all of them also ran this morning. But, um, would you say like prioritizing has been the the big thing that you've learned in your like first year of like a a full-time adult job and then also running? I think that, and just giving yourself some slack. We were saying that to each other a little bit the past few weeks of not quite aligning with recording this podcast episode, but not being too hard on yourself when you have to cut a mile or, if you have a slow tempo workout because you're exhausted from everything else, or if you need to simply sit on the couch instead of hanging out with friends and you need to just take that time to prioritize yourself over any other aspect of things, Mm -hmm. maybe that's what's to take from it is that it's okay to be a person and it's okay to not be amazing at everything all the time. Yeah. That's like, the stress of jobs or deciding whether to stay at a job or all, I mean, the... You've had that. How is the time-consuming, like, thought process of that? How do you feel like that's impacted your running? Um, honestly, I think we'll, we'll see in two or three weeks whenever Broken Arrow is, 20 days from now. You think that's going to impact race more than just everyday training? I mean, my, my most of my training days, I need to stop like quitting halfway through the <laughs> word. <laughs> um, I've noticed I I haven't been as hard on myself about like the my tempo days, any of my intervals. If they're if they're bad, they're bad, and all I can do is try and make sure I maintain the level of effort then that matches what I'm being asked to do. That pace is going to look different. It's all about that's, the gap. that's something that's, it's all about the gap and the, your perceived level of exertion. It's each, every run is going to look different, whether it's terrain, um, or time of day or your level of hydration. There's so many things that go into how a run feels and looks in terms of the actual data. But, um, you do have to t- take in all those factors when you look at your Strava, you look at your gap, you look at your intervals and be like, oh, I've been super stressed about trying to decide uh, what I'm going to do with my life now that I've finished school. Um, and so I, d- I don't have the energy to run this at my best effort, but I'm going to whatever that like eight out of 10 feels like today is that eight out of 10. And, um, if you push too hard, you're, you're not going to get out 
what you need to out of the run is kind of how I've viewed it. And I've tried not to be hard on myself if a Saturday run doesn't feel that great either. It's just time on feet, prioritizing sleep. And like you said, um, giving yourself some some slack have been the, the two big things. Do you feel a sense of relief to a degree of being done with school? Um, honestly, n- no. I've, I think I'd, I've shrugged off the the whole getting an MBA because, I mean, it was a two-year process and it was a very anticlimactic. I didn't walk. You wouldn't let us throw up a party. It's very disappointing. Um, I said a beer would be fine. And, um, cause it ended with a, a click of the mouse pad and that was it. So it didn't, didn't really feel like anything. Honestly, I just had more time. I had the ability to go get my run in and then be able to come or like push my run to run with y'all at Odd Story Brewing. Shout out to Odd Story um, great group of people. High caliber beer. High caliber beer. Um, and I say that as a as an employee of uh, Naked River Brewing, also uh, a great place to be. So um, it, it's given me more free time, but I'd, the stresses of trying to find a, a job that fits what I want to do with the rest of my, I guess, the next, next chapter of adult life uh, hasn't really made things a whole lot easier. I think there's so many parallels that you can make. There's all the dumb metaphors of running being a roller coaster too, and that it'll always get better. But I feel like we've both kind of at the same time hit a slump of like, not a low point per se, but like a stressful, tired point the last few months. And it's interesting where I kind of feel like this out West trip is going to shake things up a little bit, hopefully for the both of us of like getting, a lot of that enthusiasm back and really the root of running for me of going out there and just climbing a big mountain and getting that energy of beautiful things and being with all of my favorite people, I think is going to have made the last month or two of just a lot of long hours and long stuff worth it. Oh, definitely. I, I, especially like having a, a school year over with and, having that, that break um, will probably feel really good and to be in such amazing places and be with some really uh, fun people, be with our people in, an, in a new place. It'll probably kind of have that like Black Mountain Marathon feel to it of like everybody's in the house getting ready for race day. Um, then two other people run the next day for some reason. Yeah, you crazies. Scar's going to be easy. I just look at the course map. We're totally good. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that, we're doing Scar in the fall. It's just been put on the podcast, so it's actually happening. Yeah. Charlie said yes earlier. Oh, I'm in. Uh, for the listeners, real quickly, we'll delve into it in another episode, <laughs> but what is a Scar? Smoky Challenge Adventure Run. It's 74, I think, miles through the Smokies. It's the AT section. So we might be leaning into just an adventure in the fall. We'll see. So more life balancing uh, to do then but i will say one one way we 
are kind of differing heading into this race is, I mean, Canyons was kind of a, is like an A minus race. It's really hard to say, say that, especially with the way I walked it in. Um, but I, I knew that like what I was truly training for is what is next, uh, here in two weeks. And then in, I guess, essentially three months after that in, uh, Flagstaff. So my like quote unquote race season is, is now, I mean, I took, I really wanted canyons to go well and was going to run that to the best of my ability. Um, but I knew what we were like coach and I were truly training for was what's next. So, and it also helps that like, I have a really bitter taste in my mouth from canyons. Um, you ran a, a, a great race there, had to work through some things, but still ended up with a, a really solid, uh, top 20 female finish, which is incredibly impressive. Um, but this isn't really like, I mean, it's a, it's a, would you say this is more of a destination race than it is like a, Oh, I'm going to. Yeah. To a degree. I think I'd have a hard time at this point towing the line of a race and not wanting to gun for it and see how well I could do. But I definitely don't have broken out in my mind as much as one. I think I can perform. I think I'm a little bit better at the longer stuff. I think I know how to just keep trudging along and keep moving. Whereas I'm not sure how a big mountain race like this is going to go for me. It's kind of an experiment. I haven't done a race even remotely similar to this before. So I'm really excited just to be out there and see how it can go as opposed to being as stressed about it as I was for canyons. Yeah. I mean, you've half of that race is your strong suit. It's bombing down the hill. And then half the race is trudging uphill, getting steeper and steeper by the mile. Um, we'll see what, I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to see if the snow impacts the route at all come race day, but that's a topic for another day. Once my, we'll update you guys in a little bit. Yeah. Once my mini mic comes in that I can plug straight into my phone, we'll have some, some really interesting audio coming out in the coming weeks as I interview people as they cross the, um, finish line at yeah, Broken If the race Arrow. goes poorly, someone's just going to drop kick the mic away from you. It's going to be really dramatic. I'll read the room. Uh, also try and, you know, I'll be out there for Western States. So maybe try and do some real hard hitting journalism. Oh boy. And interview some folks. Can't wait to witness that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Corinne, this is your formal invitation to the podcast. Oh boy. Um, I'm just going to hunt down all the people in Colorado. Hillary Allen, this is your official <laughs> invite to the podcast. Uh, please go come run with us when you get back to Boulder. Yeah, David Roach, uh, Seth Ruling on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom uh, Kropichka. So he's uh, probably out there, or he's probably doing some adventure, but come some hang. Some of these names are dramatically more feasible than the others. Yes. <laughs> Seth used to work at Fast Break Athletics, which was the race that happened today so mm-hmm. there's a chance um yeah do you think there's a, a chance that we ever figure out a proper way to balance training and life i would say no i would be very fascinated if anyone would definitively say that they have that figured out i'm not sure there's a way i mean there's jokes 
there's the dumb like bad ultra running memes things on Facebook even and various things that talk all the time about balancing relationships and running and it's not a work talked about as much but just trying to figure out how to be a normal person and to not be speaking gibberish while doing this sport is something that I'm not sure we'll ever master but what do you think no I, I don't think so I just wanted to see what how strong of an answer we would get because I mean one of us in, could have been optimistic in theory it only gets harder from here <laughs> like wonderful uh, like if if we continue this sport as you know all this group and half of them are married or getting married or um, and then well, I'd say more than half are in that situation but all of us as life goes forward are going to have that fully committed relationship everybody's going to start having uh, children so Martha's having her five children Martha's having her five to 33 children and um, I think at that point from what I've been told I think it's up for debate uh, that all the things we want to do in life kind of have to hit pause. So uh, this is probably about as balanced as it's going to get in terms of like running what we want to and balancing life. The things that get put on the scales, I guess, are going to change is essentially what it is. I think we're just... My sleep loses more. Yeah, this is as much sleep as we're probably going to get until... Um, kids, kids around the house, yeah. <laughs> um, even at that point, uh, my parents say that you just don't sleep like you used to, but we'll That's see. Sending. We will see. Um, what are some other things we, is there anything else we need to touch on in terms of uh, balancing running? I, th- I, th- it w- I think it was really important that we, we touched on like managing levels of, of stress and energy. Like if you physically cannot go out and get that run in, or I, I know a common theme is like, I think Lucy Bartholomew was the first person I heard it from, was like, oh, go out and try and get 10 minutes in and then reassess after that. If it still stinks, then turn around and come back home. Then you get you get at least get 20 minutes out of it. Well, I think... Some conversations you and I have had before we could touch on too is how stress affects your running personally. I think it does with different people in different ways and depending on what you're doing. Where were you saying you thought that your stress negatively impacted most of your runs? I think it impacted my energy level, but the nice thing, and this will transition really well into a future episode of talking about our whys, like it's I've had had the ability to refocus like training as a treat at the end of the day it's also helped that i uh gave that advice to um a friend of ours that i'm helping get uh trained and fit for a hundred miler that's something i'd i think said almost word for word over text is um i can't remember what i said at all (laughs) (laughs) i I to quote that 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 (laughs) yeah i just that's wild i completely lost my train of thought if Corinne, if you're listening to this episode, you you've witnessed this uh, sadly a handful of times mid conversation, completely just blank, like the reset button. Somebody hit the reset button on my brain. Some nice wind out there to watch. It's very distracting. Um, 
What was I saying? <laughs> Stress. Sammy training for an 100 miler. You're helping her. Yeah. You texted something. I texted well, something. We, didn't, we don't know what you texted. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I don't know. Lost forever. Listeners, please tell me. <laughs> <laughs> we run to do stress relief. Is that where that's oh, heading? Train there going. we go. You got me. <laughs> we're back. Ignore my sound effects. Hello, we're back. Welcome to Switchbacks and Sweat Stains. Um, hey, podcast. Hey, podcast. <laughs> Period. That's it. <laughs> um, that, like, taking a week or a run and having no agenda and just going out there and enjoying it, like picking, picking a route, a time, a person to run with, and just getting that, that time in, like going back to like why we started running in the first place. It was a, a, it was a time to get away from everything that we were supposed to be doing with our adult lives or college lives or whatever, and just go and listen to music or just listen to feet hit pavement or dirt and just go, go enjoy it. Like I can, I can picture my route if I ever get to that point, if I just have a free day, it's, it's parking up behind covenant and running down to bluff trail, running to point park and back like doing that at, at sunset would be perfect. That'd be my, uh, junk day. I need to figure out how long that run is. It's like eight. I've I've not done that. Side note: I've not done that route specifically since I took that picture and you were and I stalking you. me. I um, was not stalking you. Back in I the, was calmly sitting above the trail, writing a paper to finish up school, and sure. Charlie happened to run by and take a photo. I don't even know what I said. I think I just said "Hey," and you were like, "Whoa, there's a person." I think you said, "Oh, that's a nice view," and for some reason, I didn't completely jump out of my skin. And I was like, oh, there's just somebody behind me. Great place for a photo. It was a great place. That was probably the direct quote, great, great place for a photo. Feels right. Um, but anyways, that's uh, something I, some advice that I, I tossed out recently is I just, I gave her five days of like, oh, take it, take a rest day and then go run what you want to run. At least try and start 10 minutes or get a half hour. And just enjoy it. But for me, I've gone back to I've taken that and been like, okay, um, this is a this training is a treat, and I think a, a lot of it is that. And then the other part of it is the motivation to want to go and run this race well. So um, without making how the ra- the run goes, the determination of how my day goes, and have it be, oh, this is what's going to make my day better or at least is going to take my mind off of off of stuff and i've gotten to focus on a lot of vert in the past couple of weeks so that's been Always happy. a nice bonus that's a nice framing of it it's like it's a choice where you can choose to be miserable or not about it but especially if, like for for us and for sammy we have someone that tells us what to run yeah. almost every day and um, I know I put a lot of stress on myself to do that run to the T, but both of our coaches give us the flexibility to be like, yeah, if it's a, if it's a crap day, then call it. There's no need. Yeah. We'll, we'll rearrange it. Have a bad day or to do longer or shorter just to 
channel some stress. Mm-hmm. It's nice. So I definitely... I don't know if I run worse when I'm stressed. I think when I'm tired and stressed, that's when it's bad. But there's definitely the, like, channeling stress and frustration, too, where I'm sure both of us and other people have had days where you're just really having a bad day and you choose to go out on a run whether or not you're supposed to and just pound it for a little bit and it magically gets better. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I think we all run better when we're happy and enjoying it. Um, there's some like pseudoscience behind like if you're having a really tough time doing your run like try and smile for a couple minutes and then it somehow changes your mood it's probably a placebo effect but um i've tried that pictures from canyons i have like the most horrific fake smile at i think it's like mile 56 or something going up the hill at canyons where you like see me grin for a second and i didn't know the dude kept taking pictures so i'm like smiling super big and then there's another picture of just like immediately dropped and i look so unhappy i had my buddy carl on that hill so i'm happy for you and carl great time carl was not having a good time but because well, Carl was having, having time, a good time, I was having a good time. Good. And then his mood changed, and he kind of left me <laughs> and the last, like, mile and oh, a half. no. He started to run, and I was like, that's not what Goodbye, we decided. Carl. We, I thought we decided we were walking this in. Uh, so I think that's a good place to put a pin in it. That's kind of what I got. Yeah, it's hard to balance and don't think we have any magical solutions but anyone out there struggling with that you're not alone and you're killing it either way yeah uh, like top priorities if you're like trying to get your most out of training is prioritize sleep eating well and choosing the the right mind frame in running and you don't have to get everything in but just just try to and know when you're like spent and just call it a day and it is a really fine line between knowing I think this is a conversation for another day but the the line between uh pulling the cord on a run and just knowing you need to kind of in a sense suck it up and, and get it in that's hard to do sometimes but um yeah, my final tidbit is soak in your time with your people and the laughter because that's what it's all about in a nutshell is just giggle gang and enjoy to the best of your ability yeah we out that's uh, a good place to leave it let's uh, go ahead and send it to the outro Alrighty, folks, that is another episode of Switchbacks and Sweat Stains. I hope you enjoyed that, uh, not necessarily professional and put together or premeditated discussion. Um, I think, in some way, shape, or form, having an on the spot think through of uh, what balancing training and life uh, is like. And it was a, kind of a, a really interesting moment for us to reflect and do that as we were just about to head out to Tahoe for Broken Arrow. And um, as we're all kind of in a, an interesting 
transition phase of some sort, whether it's it's job or moving on to this uh, big race scene and seeing what uh, what that looks like. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, please stick around for another episode. Um, if you've liked what you've heard in these first five, uh, please leave us a, a rating, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. Um, would uh, really help us get this off the ground. We will... Um, you can hold me accountable. I will get this uh, release schedule uh, on point uh, and may throw in some extra tidbits of content, hashtag content, um, as we go forward. Uh, during this journey out to Broken Arrow, I brought a mini mic and did some interesting little interviews and uh, snippets of our time uh, traveling and at the race. Uh, I did post-race interviews, which I think will be our next podcast episode. I'm working on that uh, as soon as I get done with this outro and get this podcast out into the world. Um, and uh, should be fun. We'll see what else I can come up with. I'm out in Auburn, California to volunteer at Western States. Uh, so check out uh, the Western States channel for um, on YouTube for uh, broadcast coverage and interviews and all sorts of stuff. Um, find us at chat underscore rabbit underscore runners on Instagram. You can contact me directly at charliehaney28 at gmail.com if you want to learn more about the running community in Chattanooga and uh, anything else. So uh, until next time, stay hydrated and we'll see you soon.